this episode 61 of our Brooklyn Bites. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Leon. So what's going on with you? Well, quite a lot, right? Uh, I don't know. It's the hol- It's still the holidays. What's going on? It's, it's, it's December. It's December. Still? It's December of 2015, yeah. which means there's a big movie coming out this month. In less than two weeks. Isn't this always the season? <laughs> Not really. The w- winter is a pretty bad time to release a movie. I thought at Christmas they release all the like, the family movies yeah. about Santa Claus. and They do. That's probably why they picked uh, the, you know this month to be releasing Star Wars Episode Seven coming soon, right? It's going to be... I think I heard someone mention it, the that four- there was a new movie coming. <laughs> right. I don't know. Maybe it was on the subway or something. I'm not mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a new Star Wars movie, huh? The Force Awakens will be upon us very soon. Okay. So, with that, I decided to plunge into the Star Wars back catalog to pick out uh, once again, again, because I have been playing a few it's here. The third and there. time this year, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, right. Because we previously played some some Game Boy Advance games. Yes. Uh, lesser known games, I guess, compared to uh, the ones that are on like Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So that's why I finally decided to play uh, Super Star Wars on the Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. which is uh, a pretty well remembered game. It was also most recently released for PlayStation 4 because it was released with the Battlefront Special Edition as well as being up on the PlayStation Network. Uh-huh. I think it's also on the Vita as well because of that um but that's, yeah that's a, so the one on ps4 though is a straight port of the super nintendo version uh yeah it's emulation yeah, i'm sure it's okay. an emulation wrapper um so obviously i decided to play that one on my pc emulator mm-hmm. <laughs> not on not on the playstation but i decided to take the, take it for a ride okay just because i had never really played the game i've you know really? like many of these games i i Played it a little bit, and I decided, wow, this game is too hard. I can't spend any more time on hmm. this. And even uh, being such a big Star Wars fan yourself, yeah, you would think that would be enough to yeah. make me push ahead. Mm-hmm. But as we'll see, Surprising. this game takes a lot of liberties with <laughs> really Star Wars things. Okay, and um, I guess there's uh, you know you have to you kind of have to you know make certain allowances mm-hmm. for the sake of the game, I guess. Uh, so the game was originally released in November of 1992. Uh, it was published by JVC Digital Studios, mm-hmm. which I suppose was, you know, doing games back then. Yeah, they had a bunch of games. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it's surprising uh, that they own that license for Star Wars, but yeah. especially because LucasArts released it on PC. Yeah. Well, there was supposed to be a PC version of this game. I don't think it ever got released. Um, but... Yeah, Lucasfilm Limited was, uh, you know, I guess licensing out Star Wars games, allowing different companies to do them. Um, This one was programmed by Sculptured Software, so it wasn't done by LucasArts in-house or anything like that. This Mm -hmm. was, uh, you know, a separate uh, developer that worked on this. And uh, I guess it was exclusive to the Nintendo system at the time. I think there was supposed to be a Genesis version, but I don't think it ever got anywhere. Not that I know of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so the game opens up with a pretty good recreation of the fanfare theme that is being played during, you know, the opening of Star Wars. It takes full advantage of Mode 7. <laughs> right. You get the uh, the text crawl giving you the introduction for the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it 
the low res though is very obvious <laughs> as it's crawling. You could maybe read like the the largest line on the bottom, yeah. as it, and then as it starts to sort of shrink, it gets slightly less legible mm-hmm. as it, as it goes forward. Uh, but nonetheless, it kind of gives you that Star Wars feeling because of that visual impact. And, um, like, uh, you know, even, like, I mean, obviously the Super Nintendo does a pretty good job of rendering that theme. Even with kind of the weird tape player quality that it has yeah. to my ears. Mm-hmm. It still does pretty good job, you know, okay. pretty decent job with uh-huh. that. Um, another thing I'll note is, I, I think it was pretty funny whenever you hit, whenever you start the game. You get you get a you get a, a Chewbacca roar <laughs> like oh yeah like as soon as you kick it off and for some reason that made me laugh a lot I don't know why uh, so the game is pretty much broken up into different stages uh, more or less about fourteen stages depending on where you draw the line of what a stage is because there are some parts that kind of overlap a little bit um, but generally it follows the structure of the movie. It's, now, this is on the first movie. It's a it's new it's hope, it's right. It wasn't. I guess it, I guess it wasn't quite known as a New Hope at the time. It was just known as simply as Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And um, but they called it Super Star Wars, right? Right. They called it Super. Star They called Wars. every Super Nintendo game Super because it was on the Super Nintendo okay. system. Mm-hmm. Right to be followed by which Super. is weird because you wouldn't call like. The Adams Family movie, Super Adams Family, you know? <laughs> like, why would they call Star Wars Super Star Wars? I guess they could have. I guess that they had that Super option. Super the Jetsons game, you know? <laughs> or Inspector, Super Inspector Gadget. I don't think they did with any of the movie franchise or TV shows. Yeah, it was weird. Super that they, Home Alone? They bolted yeah, it maybe on they to... they did. I don't know. Yeah, an existing title like that. Uh-huh. But that's how you knew. I mean, even they carried over well, even to what, the Nintendo 64. Wasn't there a version on NES? Or that didn't come out quite yet? Um, did they ever port that? Sometimes well, they did that to differentiate the two. Yeah. Uh, there was on Famicom. I don't know about mm. the U.S. Did, okay. did, yeah, was there one? I'm not that familiar. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Was, I wasn't big into Star Wars, so mm-hmm. I'm not too sure. For shame. How could you? It's okay. Terrible. I had it on VHS. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, so you start the you start this game mm-hmm. as Luke Skywalker, okay. uh, obviously, hero of the story. Starts off in the Dune Sea, which is uh, a place on his home planet of Tatooine. And uh he's got a blaster and you know, it's a it's presented as a side-scrolling action game. Um so he can he can shoot with his weapon. He's also got a lot of acrobatics available to him. Apparently, he can jump very high into the air and do somersaults and things that I didn't expect Luke to be able to do, but... He doesn't do... Does he do somersaults in the movie? Uh, only when he gets better with his Jedi abilities, maybe in the later in the later films. Uh-huh. You know, you see more of that in Empire Strikes Back, maybe, once he's kind of been starting to train a bit. But that doesn't matter. I mean, this is, you know, a video game, so the rules can be bent, right? It was released on NES, yes. Oh, oh okay. In 1991. Uh-huh. Yep. So, so that's was... probably why they called it Super Star Wars. Okay. All right. Makes some sense, I suppose. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, here you also encounter enemies that include scorpions and uh, these flying bat-like creatures, which are actually Minox. They're called Minox in the manual. Even though Minox are not a creature that are native to Tatooine, they're um, introduced in Empire Strikes Back as sort of like kind of space barnacles that attach themselves to ships and kind of chew on the machinery of the ship. Um, 
you know, that's like kind of something that they kind of like live in asteroids or something like that, you know, but this is just an excuse to introduce more Star Wars-y stuff into the game, mm-hmm. you know. Um, a lot of these creatures can fire back at you. They have, they're have they armed with, like, you know, particle weapons or something. Um, but they frequently drop hearts to replenish your health as you as you defeat them. So even though you have a health meter and you take da- damage pretty frequently in the game, it's very easy to sort of rebuild your health meter because pretty much everything you kill will drop uh, health for you. Um, you also see like large, like womp rats, which are creatures that are kind of made reference to in the dialogue of star Wars, but you never actually see one. Um, and there's also like snakes and other things. Um, there's also like sand traps that you can fall into. And of course, at the end of the stage, your first big fight is with the Sarlacc pit monster. And, uh, worm. Yeah, well, it sort of looks like a kind of a worm-like creature. Uh, the Sarlacc was this the, the big pit in Return of the Jedi that mm-hmm. they were going to throw Han Solo into. Uh, but, uh, you know, in that one, it's just like kind of like embedded in the sand. And here, I guess it's maybe a young version of a Sarlacc. <laughs> I don't know. That's the only excuse I can come up with. He kind of rises up out of a sand pit and he like throws these dirt balls at you and kind of like flails at you with like tentacles and stuff. Um, so they kind of took some liberties, you know, obviously to make it a little more gamey, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's no, there's no hearts being released during this fight. So it's a little harder. Uh, I think when I originally played the game, this is about the point where I kind of gave up. I couldn't really get past this point too easily. And I didn't feel, feel like continually repeating the level to try to get to this point again uh but i found that you know just staying on solid ground before you fall into the sand was enough to kind of you know beat this thing and you know shooting the sand balls in the air before they reached you was kind of enough to keep things moving um you then run into uh c-3po and he says that r2d2 has been captured by jawas naturally So you continue on to Tatooine, you know, basically what's identified as the first stage of Tatooine. He doesn't have any defenses? Who? R2-D2? He can't, like, electrify his body so they can't touch him? You know, he's he's shown to have little things. Like, he can, like, uh, like, he's been, he's, like, zapped creatures with, like, like what looks like a cattle prod almost. Mm. Like a little electrode or something will pop out. But generally speaking, he's not, he's not a combat droid. You know? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's true. He's so. not like um, a Dalek or anything. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, also, what happens as you as you make progress through the game, you do find um, like uh, little upgrades for your weapon, mm. right? So your basic blaster can get upgraded. And the first upgrade is uh, this uh, flame blaster that you run into, and it gives you kind of like wider shots. Um, I'm not sure if they do more damage necessarily, but that is something that you get. Uh, so your next stage though, is, um, you're thrown into sort of, uh, this, uh, land speeder based stage. And of course this uses Nintendo's famous mode seven <laughs> to, uh, give you the sensation of maybe 3d sort of flying into the screen. Oh, it's behind the speeder. So it's behind the speeder mm-hmm. and you're sort of, um, racing forward and, you know, your mission is to shoot down, um, 12 Jawas that are flying around on little little speeder pods or something. This is not something that was uh, in the films originally, but uh, I guess, they, you know, they wanted to give you a little action sequence. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so you you know basically just dodge their shots, and you can also destroy these uh, these uh, these vapor towers that are also seen in Star Wars that are used to pick up jet fuel for your speeder. But you know generally it's not really necessary to use any of those. You do have like a like a speed boost that you can do, but I just find you know going straight ahead and shooting directly in front of you is enough to kind of beat the level. You don't really have to do anything anything too special. Um, also, you know, the fact that your land speeder is weaponized, which is not something that you saw in the phones either. You know, so that's a little something extra. Uh, now the hmm. next, you know, I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? You know, just little things. Uh, but you know, they have to give you, they have to make it an action. They have to make it action sure. in some yeah. way. Well, back then they took a lot of liberties with mm-hmm. properties of movies and games. And- I guess so. I guess, you know, they had a basic idea of what a game is like, and then they just kind of wrap it in, in a skin. If you ever played Platoon on NES, it's like mm-hmm. completely not even close. Like, how do you make a movie like Platoon onto an NES game? No deep yeah. psychological no, right. examinations <laughs> of the conditions of war mm-hmm. or what it is to be a soldier. Yeah, they left that out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's fair. What can you do? <laughs> uh, so, eventually you reach the sand crawler which is the vehicle that the Jawas use to, to roll around the desert in, and that's where they keep all their droids mm. that they collect. And um, this is back to sort of the side-scrolling format. You know, you start off on foot, but you get to this challenge, very challenging platforming area. You're sort of on the outside of the sand crawler. You're trying to get, in, you're trying to get access into the, into the, the vehicle. And um, the platforms are very narrow. There's like a series of platforms that you have to kind of navigate your way through. And they're 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 so thin that it's very easy to fall off. It's very easy to get knocked off. This is probably the first point where the game gets annoying for people that decided to stick with it. Hmm. Um, the Jawas are very hostile here. <laughs> uh, you climb the outside of the sand crawler, and uh, you're, you know you're, you're also dodging laser turrets. You've got flame jets coming at you. Um, there's drones flying around. Um, you know it just gets kind of tough. You just have to make your way to the top. Uh, you, you get do, thrown backwards when they hit into you. You get th- you get knocked off the platform and, then you, do, right? and, you, and okay. then you drop back down and you have to kind of mm. work your way back up again. Yeah, if you get unlucky enough, you might fall all the way back to the ground and, <laughs> and have to start all over. Great. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty annoying. Um, inside the sand crawler, once you get there, very industrial looking setting. There's like um, there's like doors that are timed that you have to move through. Um, more hostile Jawas to deal with. Um, and I guess things get a little more on Star Warsy because you start to see things here where like, like one of the first things I can run into is like something called a health sword, which is kind of just this lightsaber that Mm -hmm. appears that you can pick up. And what it does is it adds, adds to your max health. It extends your, your life bar. Okay. Um, now nowhere in Star Wars is a lightsaber referred to as a sword. I mean, that's never a thing. It's true. It's, it's a saber. And 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 so to, just the idea that it just you pick that up and that becomes yeah. How did that get, get through the Lucas I, approval department? They must have signed off on it huh. somewhere. So I guess there are health swords. Unusual <laughs> that I that I missed mm-hmm. somewhere along the way. Um, oh, you got to read the books. It's in the books. Right? <laughs> you think so? <laughs> well, all that stuff's been thrown out anyway. Oh, okay. That doesn't count anymore. Uh, the movie stinks. You got to read the book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, among other things you find, you also find shields that give you, like, temporary kind of protection against, mm-hmm. uh, enemy damage. 
Uh, you also find another um, another blaster upgrade in here. Um, I guess the previous one that I had found was something called a Proton Seeker, which gives you homing shots. Uh, but then another one that can be found here is called Rapid Ion, and that allows you to your shots to ricochet off of walls. Mm. Um, so that's pretty handy. Now, in Star Wars terms, Ion Weaponry um, is typically meant to kind of disable machinery. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to necessarily do damage. So, um, in the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, when the Rebels are fleeing their base on the ice planet of Hoth, they're leaving, and they've got an ion cannon to kind of provide cover fire for their exit. Uh And what it's meant to do is it's meant to, like, hit enemy ships and kind of disable them temporarily, like, drains their power and forces them to, like, be helpless, you know, so that, you know, the ships can escape. So it's just kind of funny that they just kind of chose this term to, to apply to this. That I mean, generally that's what it meant. It meant, you know, something that can disable things. And it doesn't have that effect here. My hairdryer has ion technology. It does, right? It says, yeah. It creates like a lot of static cling Is around that what your it does? Hair. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out what that feature means. Uh-huh. Maybe, uh, I don't know, I can't imagine. Oh, maybe you got it from uh, a mysterious Jawa vendor. That could be. Perhaps. Um, so another thing you find here are thermal detonators. And these, when you pick these things up, you have the option to press uh, one, of the, one of the buttons on the controller, which uh, act as like, kind of like a smart bomb. It'll clear, it'll clear the screen of any mm-hmm. enemies. But it's, it lasts temporarily, so whether you use it or not, it'll time out if you don't use it. You know? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you also run into some other familiar kind of droids from Star Wars. One of them being uh, some one of them called the Gonk Droid, or in action figure terms, it was also <laughs> called the Power Droid. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of this blue square shaped droid. It doesn't have any arms or a head or anything. It just really? has. It's just like a, a box with feet. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think I do. <laughs> okay, he well, kind of walked funny, right? He like stubby. He kind of, kind of had like yeah, a bob to uh-huh. him, to him while he walked. I liked the droids, yeah. Yeah, um, but in this game, of course, even this one is is uh, kind of weaponized and poses a hazard if you're not careful. Um, there's also gun turrets. There's drill traps. There's laser fences mm. that you have to uh, use your slide maneuver. You can you can kind of push down and forward with like uh, kind of you can do like a slide. Mm-hmm. So you have to do a fast slide underneath the the laser fence. Otherwise, it kind of you know, cuts the, you in the, half. It does some damage. It like repels you if you don't if your timing is bad. Uh, you also find another upgrade here called uh, plasma wave, which I guess just makes your shots even bigger. Now that's made up, right? That's not from yeah, the movie or anything. I don't think so. I don't think it's from anything. Okay. Um, you know, that's kind of the final upgrade for the blaster, though. I mean, you, you kind of give him several do you, upgrades. Do you lose the upgrades when you die? You do. Okay. You do. If you lose a life, you take him back to. Because the... this is like a run and gun, like contra style game. Pretty much. Right? Okay. Platformer. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. And, um, you know, I guess you, uh, I mean, you try to hold on to them if you can. It makes the game a little easier. Mm-hmm. But obviously you're, you're given opportunities to recollect them if you, uh, if you do lose them all. Uh, let's see. There are also um, sort of time bonuses that you can pick up. You know, there is, a, there is kind of a timer on the level, I think. I think it's only for bonus purposes. I don't think it's actually... I don't think the level ends if your timer runs out. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure I got pretty close to it running out, and really nothing happened, I think, when it timed out. Okay. 
Um, and uh, let's see, you'll also get, <laughs> eventually, Luke is introduced to uh, getting a lightsaber. Uh, so, oh, so you don't have it at this point. You don't have it yet. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, in the movie, Ben Kenobi, when you finally meet Ben Kenobi, he kind of mm-hmm. gives you the, the lightsaber. But um, Luke is the only one that can sort of use like a melee weapon. So if you need to, you know, if you'd prefer that, you can do that. And that's, you also have an option to switch between the blaster and the lightsaber. So that's hmm. pretty handy. Um, so in the sand crawler, you eventually get down to the lowest area. There's kind of this bed of lava. And it's pretty much almost an instant kill if you fall in there. You have to face uh, the lava beast. Uh, I think it's called Jawenko, which looks like a real mess of a monster. <laughs> uh, I'm not really sure what the inspiration for this design was. It's a made-up character for the game? It seems to be. I don't, I don't recall any reference to this. Um, I think, basically, like once you beat him, R2-D2 is on the other side, and you're able to recover R2. And, Does it sound like R2? Uh, yeah, it makes like R2, R2, R2-like sounds. Okay. Sure. Um, I also noticed it's possible to still die at this point in the level hmm. from because there's like plumes of lava like shooting up. So even after you beat the boss, it, you still have to jump a couple of platforms to get to R2, and you can still die at that point, hmm. which, of course... I guess did, you've learned Of course, it did, it did happen, yeah. <laughs> um... So after that, you get you get a little recreation of Princess Leia's like message for Obi Wan Kenobi, mm. and uh, you know obviously you have to go off and find him. So you then you go on to the land of the Sand People, and the Sand People are these uh, sort of these uh, nomadic scavengers that live on Tatooine. They live in the desert. Uh, they're you know full size, unlike the Jawas. The Jawas are kind of small, uh-huh. <laughs> but the Sand People are these big, threatening kind of warrior looking guys. And um, this is pretty much a series of caves. There's, like, more Womp Rats here. There's still Jawas here. Uh, There's also, uh, you know, hordes of sand people to deal with. There's environmental hazards, like falling rocks. And uh, I notice here that uh, some of the creatures, they kind of leave this, like, kind of this sticky uh, kind of a puddle behind when you beat them. Which kind of slows you down if you get caught on it, if you walk on it. It's Mm -hmm. almost like a little glue trap. Um, So I try to avoid those where possible. And there's a lot of like floating rocks here where you have to do some precision um, platforming. But at the end, you do meet Obi-Wan. And, you know, the message again from Princess Leia is played back. And, uh, you know, this is the point where you get the lightsaber. And he just kind of hands it to you and says, you know... Here's your lightsaber, the weapon of a Jedi, you know, no training, no explanation of what it's for. There's no time for any of that. You know, we've got to get on to the next stage, I suppose, Um, which is uh, in the game. It's identified as the land of the Banthas and the Banthas are these big mm, sort of like they almost look like big woolly mammoths. They don't have a long trunk. They just have like a big face instead. Hmm. Uh, But that's, you know, it's one of the native creatures on, on Tatooine. Uh, sand people use them as like transportation and uh, you do have the la- the lightsaber as an option now as your melee weapon that's your kind of your weapon of choice at this point uh, you encounter just waves of sand people they fire you know they fire like beams from their their sticks they have like these um, they're called gaffy sticks in Star Wars terms they have like you know it's like a baton mm-hmm. they you know that with like like pointy ends on them um, they they weren't able to fire stuff but in this game they do. <laughs> Um, and the Banthas that you run into are actually kind of mini-bosses. 
so as you're making your way through the stage, these big, you know, banthas show up and crash into you and you have to try to, um, you know, finish them off before you're trampled. Uh, they explode very violently when you defeat them. It's like a big explosion. Is it like bloody or gory? Uh, no, but it's like explosive. Oh, explosive. <laughs> you actually see like fireballs and oh, stuff. Oh, okay. Which is a little surprising. Um, but the boss on this stage is called a mutant womp rat. And, um, I don't know. He takes a big chunk of health if you even just make contact with him. So you pretty much want to keep him as far away as possible uh, using your, your lightsaber is probably the most effective means of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just stayed on the left side of the screen. I just kept swiping at him when he was close enough and that was kind of enough to deal with him. So that was, uh, not so bad, not as bad as I was expecting. Uh, but then you're thrown into another land speeder stage. And this time you have to defeat 20 Jawas. It's very, it's pretty much a repeat of the previous uh, land speeder stage. But you're, you know, when you're done, you you head towards uh, Mos Eisley, which is the spaceport where you're supposed to meet Han Solo and Chewbacca Mm. for transport off. Is that where that that music club was? That's right. It's where the cantina is. Yeah, yeah, I like that place. Uh huh. So, you know, you enter the town. And this is still, you know, back to the side-scrolling sort of presentation. Uh, here, you've got stormtroopers that just kind of fall out of the sky. <laughs> and they kind of look around confused when they first drop yeah. in. And then they notice you, and they start firing at you. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are more stationary. They have, they have these big cannons that they're manning, and they, they sort of shoot at you. A lot of times they fire this um, homing ammo that's kind of tough to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also spike traps that show up. Um, and sometimes a rolling barrel will kind of fall down and you can jump on the barrel and use the barrel to roll over the spike trap. So you have to stay balanced on that and prevent the barrel from being destroyed because the barrel can be destroyed while you're rolling on and then you'll just fall on the spikes if that happens. It's not an instant death, but it does damage. So that's kind of annoying. Um, a lot of times you can just jump out of danger because, you know, you have pretty high jumping ability in this game. So... It's pretty easy to get out of, like, a perilous situation. Nothing is, like, totally bad for you. Um, that you can't just avoid it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they sprinkle other little Star Wars things in the background. Like, because you're in town now, um, you see these uh, other large creatures from Star Wars called Dubaks. And these are these big lizards that were briefly seen, um, you know, with stormtroopers riding them. But... Uh, other than that, there's no other way to interact with them. At the end, you do meet Chewbacca, which uh, in the next stage you can actually switch as to to him really? and use him as a playable character. Okay. So uh, after that, you go into the cantina, and the next yeah. stage is considered the cantina fight. And I did use Chewbacca for this stage because it was a new character, and I wanted to see. You don't have I, to be Han Solo for this. Uh, you didn't meet. You didn't meet Han Solo yet. Oh, okay. You get to the end, and Chewbacca's there to meet you. So he mm. brings you in to meet Han Solo, but you have to make your way to him. Of course, nothing is as simple as walking into the cantina and just going to Han Solo. Yeah. You have to deal with the fight first. And it plays the music, right? Uh, the music is being played. Uh-huh. Uh, there are a lot of famous, uh, I wouldn't say famous, but familiar aliens that are in this scene from the movie. Um, you do see, like, uh, you see Greedo, for example. Greedo, yes. He's kind of the green-skinned uh, alien that, that is, uh, you know, who shows up to demand money, mm-hmm. demand payment from Han Solo for one of his jobs. 
And, uh, you know, basically he's uh, Jabba the Hutt's henchman. He's, like, kind of there to collect on him. Uh, you also see, like, the walrus man from Star Wars. He's, well, in Star... Yeah, what does he do? Well, he's just, you know, one of the background characters. Oh. He's the guy that, um, you know, that Ben Kenobi, like, slashes his arm off, you know? Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, like Ben Kenobi, like, uses his lightsaber to... Because oh. he's kind of there to, like, rough him up a little bit. Um, and, uh, he, in this game though, he's like bouncing around like a big ball. He's like curled up into a ball and he's mm-hmm. like bouncing into the screen. Um, you see other aliens, like the Wolfman looking alien, like kind of <laughs> whirling in like a Tasmanian devil sort of, he's like a tornado. He spins mm-hmm. around the, the room and, um, a couple of other ones, you know, there's like, um, this devil looking guy and also this, uh, one of the, one of the Imperial spies, he's also kind of there and can jump down and like throw stars at you and stuff. So it's like, you know, using a lot of very video gamey kind of tropes just spun together with like Star Wars stuff. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's a great recreation of the, of the music and the setting. I like, I like kind of the look of the stage. It's almost presented like, um, like a, like a side scrolling brawler. Like it looks like you might be able to have more of a brawler mm-hmm. type of a format here. Cause it's slightly, I wouldn't say diagonal, but it's got that sort of semi-isometric view that a lot of fighting games use, a lot of, like, brawlers use. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like that. It's pretty much just, you know... Left and right. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, after that, you have uh, sort of this encounter with this boss monster, which I think is referred to as the Kalhar boss monster. Hmm. <laughs> uh, it's this big green alien with elongated arms and a long neck. Um Somehow the cantina, like, customers don't mind the presence of this giant monster here. It's, uh, I guess it's just, you know, par for the course. Uh, uh, you do see the band also in the background, the cantina band playing the music, mm-hmm. which is a very... They keep playing, despite yeah, all the... they keep playing. Fighting and stuff. You see them several times, too. Well, uh, they need to earn a paycheck. Mm-hmm. A really great recreation of the music, though. It's It sounds, like, top-notch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got that steel drum sound to it that's pretty neat. Um, but you do meet Han Solo at the end, and you're asked to head to the Falcon to meet him there. Um, but he's also playable at this point. After you meet Han Solo, he's the other playable character in the game, so you have a choice of any of the three. You have Luke, Chewbacca, or Han Solo that you can switch to at the beginning of a stage. Okay. Uh, so naturally I selected Han Solo <laughs> just because it's a new character again. Mm-hmm. And I find out that he's just as acrobatic as Luke Skywalker is. Does that spin attack? He can do uh-huh. spinning into the air and, you know, um, he's got a blaster too. Uh, Chewbacca had one as well. He had his, uh, bowcaster mm-hmm. uh, laser rifle. Uh, so those characters are all limited to just laser fire. Luke's the only one that can use a lightsaber. But there's no, like, you don't know any big difference between like it's not like Luke has better health, but right. can shoot slower, and then you know Han Solo has a stronger shot. It's not like that at all. Exactly, it's okay. they all play all the, the same. same. Okay, mm-hmm. as far as I can tell, right? There's yeah. really no difference in I don't choosing think them. So. Okay. Um, so the next level is it's called the Escape from Mos Eisley, the escape from the the town, the spaceport, mm-hmm. and uh, similar to the previous um, level that led up to the Cantina, uh, you have some new elements. Some flying drones are are here. Um, enemies that can pop out of windows now also appear. And you have a mini boss fight with a floating maintenance droid, which has also long arms and can attack with like th- these drills. 
there's like a more industrial sort of a sector that you that you have to pass through. There's like proximity mines you have to get through. There's a lot of traps, like claw traps that try to grab you, and there's like electrical traps that you have to avoid. Um, they're not too hard to avoid, though. You can pretty much get by them. And once you see them, you sort of know what to expect. Another thing I noticed is that um, when some of this machinery gets damaged, mm-hmm. it'll explode, and the debris can actually damage you, too. So you have to watch out for things that blow up and, oh, wow. and spray you. Oh. Uh, the big boss here is this hover combat carrier which is this large and heavily armed vehicle. Uh, it's manned by stormtroopers. And the only way to survive it is to kind of run underneath it and uh, blast off pieces of armor that are on it. So, like, there's kind of, like, these big... There's, like, five big pieces of armor on it. And you have to kind of blow all of them off to make mm-hmm. the thing vulnerable. And um, if you get underneath it right away, it's probably the best way to deal with it. Um, it went down pretty quickly after I did that. Uh, so naturally you fly off in the Millennium Falcon after that, you leave the planet and you eventually get, you know, encounter the, the Death Star. You get tractored Finally. into the Death Star. Okay. Uh, so you, you, you know, you get pulled into the hangar bay and, um, you disembark into the Death Star. You're there to find Princess Leia, mm-hmm. right? Cause she's being held prisoner. You don't know that at the time, but that is the story of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the uh, first hazard you've got to deal with are these mouse droids. These are these tiny little droids that roll around on the floor of the Death Star. They don't really do anything. They kind of just push would, you around. Why would they make mouse droids? Yeah, it doesn't look like a mouse. It's just it's like the size of a mouse. It's but like what, a, what purpose would they um, serve for the people on the Death Star? I never read up on it, but I'm assuming it's like a maintenance thing where it just okay. kind of it just kind of cleans things and moves things around. Okay, you know, it's just like. Um, it's part of the infrastructure hmm. of the of, of the station. Um, so they kind of just push you, though. There's a lot of open pits in this area, and they they can very easily push you like up a ramp into a hazard or down into a pit. Is it instant death or if you get crushed or if you fall into a pit, it uh-huh. is. Okay. Yeah, but contact with the droid itself doesn't doesn't produce any damage. Uh, but you, there is a set of platforms that are overhead that you can jump, you know, across, and you can get by pretty much by doing that. And there's also Tie Fighters that fly around in the foreground. They just kind of whiz by, mm-hmm. and they'll bump into you too. And they actually don't do a whole lot of damage, but they do chip away at your damage very gradually because it happens very frequently. And you can sort of jump over them if you're up on those platforms, but it's a little unexpected when they come by. So. Um, I don't know, pretty much by defeating enemies and continually getting those health uh, replenishments, those little floating hearts, that's kind of the way you want to survive here. Um, There's also, like, flying drones and kind of these spider-looking droids that attack. Mm -hmm. And there's even these weird droids that look like vacuum cleaners, and they they attack Mm. quite a bit. Uh, The Imperial Defense Droid is the big boss here. Uh-huh. And this is a large, like, walker-looking droid. It hops around a lot. And it's something that looks like it would be more in place in, like, something like Robocop or something. Yeah. It looks a little bit out of place for the kind of... The this is this is made up for the game, right? It appears to be, yeah. Okay. I've never seen anything like this one before. Um, and pretty much it fires these homing grenades that are... It's vulnerable whenever it opens up to fire. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're aiming for there. Uh, you eventually make your way to the next level, which is the detention block, where you have to rescue Princess Leia. Um, 
there's a lot of like laser sentries here. There's a lot of like like little laser turrets in the ceiling that you can destroy. The, the the mouse droids become more of an issue in this in this area because there's like these big doors that come cr- crashing down mm-hmm. and it's very easy to get crushed in them and the droids will constantly try to push you into those. Aha, uh-huh. okay. And even when they're not there, you have to use that sliding maneuver again to get through them quickly. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you very easily get crushed. So that's something you want to um, avoid. And even the interrogator droid puts in an appearance here. This is that uh, big spherical-looking droid that Darth Vader was going to use to to interrogate Princess Leia. It, has, it shows up with like a big like hypodermic needle on it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, those show up quite often, and you want to you know you can blow those up pretty easily here too. But the big boss is called Detention Guard Boss, and that's what it's introduced as. It's this big floating armored platform. Um, it kind of has this thing underneath that opens up to perform this electrical attack, and that's also when it's vulnerable. You have to pretty much shoot that when it happens. Um, even when you completely blow it up, there's still like a little core component left that mm-hmm. tries to attack you, but that doesn't last very long. A few more shots, and that blows up too. So this one wasn't... I didn't find terribly challenging for this particular boss. Um, and then you get to... The next stage, which is, you know, the tractor beam core. I mean, this is after you rescue Princess Leia. You then have to exit, you know. Okay. And uh, this is is kind of a vertical area. This is... So the idea here in the original movie was Ben Kenobi goes off to disable the tractor beam that has pulled the Millennium Falcon into the Death Star. You have to disable the the tractor beam so they can make their escape. Okay. Um, So he quietly goes off to disable this generator or whatever it is. Uh, But in this game, instead, this is like, of course, an action level. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is a very vertical kind of an area. So it's a long sort of uh, shaft way that you have to make your way through with a lot of like little platforms you have to jump across. Um, There's a lot of like uh, laser sentries and stormtroopers on the edges firing at you. And there's a lot of like elevator pads that move around on their own that you have to jump onto to make your way, help you get to the top. Uh, and when you do get to the top, you pretty much have to destroy this core, and this is best done by shooting straight up the middle to block any incoming shots. So what this thing does is it kind of sprays these bullets down on you mm-hmm. that that create like secondary like uh, explosions if they blow up. So you pretty much want to shoot them before they have a chance to do that, and that is probably your best chance for success there. Um, of course, you then make your escape after that. It fast forwards to the point in the movie where you make it back to the rebel base and the Death Star is about to uh, attack. Mm-hmm. So you want to... So, you know, the rebels launch their X-Wing attack on the Death Star before, you know, the rebel base can be destroyed. So you pilot an X-Wing as Red 5, which is your, your call sign in the X-Wing squadron to uh, destroy the Death Star. And... The first thing you want to do is you have to defeat 20 TIE Fighters. So is this like a behind-the-cockpit view? or uh, This is a behind-the-ship view. Okay. So you're kind of behind the ship. Very similar to kind of the land speeder mm-hmm. stage where it's like, again, it's like Mode 7 kind of appearance. You have it's the sur- more like a rail shooter? Um, a little bit. You have, more of a, you have more freedom of movement here. Mm-hmm. A little bit. I mean, you can sort of tilt your view to the left and right, and you can move a little bit up and down. But again, I didn't feel a need to do that. 
I kind of I kind of just okay. stayed focused straight ahead, and I was able to to beat everything I had to beat. Um, you have to, so you have to defeat twenty Tie Fighters, and also these these towers. So you have like a little ta- a little ti- uh, counter in the corner that tells you how mm. many you can blow up. Um, so here, I mean, this is like a lot of um, a lot of Tie Fighters show up here also, but. You pretty much don't have to, you know, I mean, you don't have to work too hard to get, get them all, um, out of the way. Like as soon as you do that, you like beat them. And then you sort of fast forward to this point where you have to, where you go into the trench run. Right. So that does shift into like a cockpit view, mm-hmm. which is kind of annoying because you're completely unprepared for this part of the game okay. because it's a completely new mechanic here. Yeah. Does it look like the arcade game, the old... Um, original arcade, a very sort of stripped down version of that. Really, okay. like like the stage of the arcade game when you're in the trench and yeah. you have to sort of avoid the bridges and shoot the cannons on the side. Uh-huh. So it's a it's a little bit like that, except um, you can pretty much ignore everything that's coming at you except the bullets that are being fired. So it kind of starts off with this counter that starts at ten thousand and starts to count down, and that's supposed to be the distance to your target, the exhaust port, mm-hmm. right? Um, so pretty much you just have to survive long enough to get to, down to that, get down to zero so you can, you know, uh, fire on your target. And I, I did have to switch on like turbo fire at this point. Really? Cause it, cause like pretty much throughout the re- the whole game, you can hold down fire and your fire repeats, but mm-hmm. here you have to actually tap for each shot Okay. and the incoming shots are coming so fast that I don't know. I mean, I have a very, I had a very hard time trying hmm. to like shoot down everything that was coming in at me. I think you only get like maybe um, you get like ten little sh- uh, stages for your health, and you lose them all pretty quickly. So I, it took several tries to get past this point. Um, at, at some point, like Darth Vader's Tie Fighter shows up, but that's really towards the end, and it doesn't take too long to get past it, and. The thing that I didn't know right away, or the first time I tried it, was that you have to use the uh, shoulder button to fire your proton torpedoes. Oh, huh. I had... Then it doesn't tell you that? It, I don't know. Maybe it did at some point, and I didn't notice it. Yeah, maybe. But it's basically like a special weapon that you have to yeah. just be aware of. And so the first That's time... I, I know. The first time I did that, I, like, missed my shot, and basically I had to repeat the mm. whole... The whole stage oh, so to get back to that point. Again. Okay. Yeah, I mean, but back to the surface where you have to destroy Tie Fighters oh, wow. again. So it's kind of annoying. <laughs> um, so how many times did you have to go through that? Uh, I did it. Tw- I did it twice. Twice. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh huh. Um, so naturally, you know, if you are successful, uh, after the Star blows up, you get a, a nice rendition of the throne room theme mm-hmm. that you get at the end of, of the movie. Um, that's you know where the the sort of the award presentation. Uh, occurs and they have to try to get the ribbon around Chewbacca's head. Right? Well, that's the funny thing because Luke and Han get medals, uh-huh. but Chewbacca gets nothing. <laughs> he gets just like, oh, thanks, that's thanks for showing up. <laughs> you know, kind does he of get like thing. a sash or anything? No, he's got his bandolier, so mm. you know, he's got his little. You know, he just looks like regular Chewbacca there at that point. What would happen if he shaved? Uh, Did they ever do that? I don't know if anyone's ever explored that mm. question. I don't know. I'm just wondering. <laughs> I'll bet Han Solo knows. Probably. So, if you ever see Harrison Ford, you can ask him. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, at the end, uh, full credits roll. My final score was 159,200. I don't know how that really fares, though, in terms of... No idea. ...general uh, 
you know, accomplishments for this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, I just get a message at the end that just says, you know, you know, try again in Jedi mode because I oh, played right. it. Mm-hmm. I played it in you know pretty much what the normal. What's Jedi game. mode? Is that less lives or? I think it's just like everything is like more hostile up, yeah. and more aggressive. You probably have less health, mm. things like that. Uh, I can't imagine the game is already pretty tough. Wouldn't Jedi mode mean you're more powerful? You would think. I I would hope that was the case, hmm. but uh, I doubt it. I don't think so. Um, I don't know. Overall, I I I. I'd say the action in this game is a bit too twitchy. Everything's yeah. just flying at you really fast. If it was just like a little, it feels like the whole game was running at like twenty five percent, like too fast speed. Mm. You know, like you think it was the emulator? I, I don't think so. I think this is because mm. everything else plays normally. Two videos and see. No, I mean the music plays normally. Everything, the, oh, okay. everything, everything yeah, seems true. right, but mm. it's just you know, there's a lot huh. of. Um, I s- yeah, I sort of remember it being like that. A little, a little chaotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just stuff constantly blowing up at you. Even when you defeat enemies, if you scroll back a little bit, there's more enemies. You know, the enemies yeah. are back. I mean, it's constantly... They're constantly respawning. I remember getting hit a lot. Like, All right, so I, I played the game when it first came out. Mm. And I gave up somewhere in the middle somewhere, like halfway through the game. Mm-hmm. And I, it was probably because of that reason where I just was frustrated because... Everything hits you every direction. Yeah. And I don't like games where things push you into pits all the time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like the jumping mechanic that you would jump and do that kind of corkscrew. And I found it hard to jump on platforms sometimes. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the only memory I have of that game. I know it looked really good. And I know the music. And I'm not a fan of Super Nintendo music, but I thought that was, like, made for the Super Nintendo sound chip. Yeah, right. Like that orchestra and... Everything sounded beautiful coming from that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like full stereo. It was, it was great. It even says that right at the beginning. Oh, does it? It just yeah. says like a little stereo sound, you know? Like, nice. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, overall, obviously, the, the graphics and the sound production values are, are top-notch in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, really well done. I could see, like, how it must have been really impressive for the time. Um but you know, I just I just found like the the, the extreme difficulty made it a little less approachable, mm. um, especially especially that final trench run where things just got really crazy. You know, you're constantly moving that that crosshairs around trying to block all those enemy shots. Yeah, it just got a little too extreme. Um, so overall, I mean, I you know I probably rate the game like a three out of five, just based on that, just based on the. The, the difficulty that was just a little too high. That's better than half. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess if I pick an odd number to rate it on, you're going to be either above, yeah, above half or below so bad. half. Yeah, I suppose my main motivation to just keep playing the game was just to sort of see the rendition of just familiar characters and settings uh-huh. in in the in this game. Well, let's see what was before that game. Like how many Star Wars games other than. Like the early Atari ones mm-hmm. and the arcade. Was the PC ones out yet? Was there Dark Forces? Uh, gee, it was around the same time, I believe. Seems like it would have been, so but I think, I think those came a little later. Dark Forces. I think those were more like Rebel mid nineties, a little bit later, maybe around the same time. I feel like forget. Rebel, I feel like I Rebel Assault might have been around there somewhere. Okay. I don't remember there being a whole lot in that world mm-hmm. of Star Wars yeah. gaming. Yeah, not quite yet. But. I remember it being weird when it came out because I felt like, why on earth are they making a video game on a movie that's, you know, at the time, I guess, almost 20 years old? Mm-hmm. When, when did that come out? In 77? <laughs> right. Also 15 so this, years old? Right. 
And it seemed weird to me. I'm like, but I, I wasn't in, into that Star yeah. Wars. So I guess people were still big fans at the time. Sure. But to me, it seemed strange. But mm-hmm. um, I guess a property like Star Wars, you can that could go on forever. <laughs> I mean, they've made Star Trek games, so right. Why not? Yeah. It's. I mean, obviously, it was pretty successful because they went on to make Super Empire Strikes Back and Super Return they of the did. Jedi as they well. Yeah. So uh, clearly. People liked them and, and wanted to, to see more. I guess. Yeah. Um, I did the, a quick look up on sales for this game just to see what they were going for. Uh-huh. And I guess it must be an extremely common game because uh, loose carts can be bought for about five bucks. And even like a complete in box version is like maybe around 20. Yeah, it's cheap. So I guess for a Super Nintendo game. I guess Nintendo the value will go down now even more because of the availability on PS4. Uh, maybe. It was also on Wii Virtual Console. Oh, okay. So, there was options to play it yeah, so that, before this. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's, uh, hmm. remains popular. People seem to be excited to be able to play it again on PlayStation, Good. so. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I always thought it was kind of a Nintendo-exclusive kind of a game, just because, um... Well, yeah. Like, it was, like, originally I said it was published by JVC, but it was re-released by Nintendo shortly after that. Uh, it was re-republished, I guess. Yeah. So there are versions of the game without the JVC logo on uh-huh. it. It's just by, you know, by Nintendo, okay. basically. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, there you go. I guess hmm. if you like a challenge, <laughs> you can take this game for a ride and see what it's all about. Perfect. But I think perhaps it's not the only Star Wars game on our plate, right? Well, yeah. So <laughs> I was obligated to play a Star Wars game, <laughs> so which was good because I had a super busy week. Uh-huh. I've been upgrading my hard drive, my not in my computer, but I, I use. I have an iMac, so I have an external hard drive where I use keep a lot of my sure. MP3s. So I have like three external hard drives. So I bought, they had a good sale over Black Friday. I bought a large one mm-hmm. and I had to condense all my files onto one. Consolidation of So, old. yeah. So I have about like three terabytes or so of data mm-hmm. that I had to merge onto one drive. Mm. And I have USB 2.0 ports. So this process took a very long time. And my, my computer's about like seven years old or something, six years old now. Right. So it doesn't handle multitasking that great. It has some issues where it freezes sometimes. It's it's seen better days. but So, yeah, moving large amounts of data on USB 2.0 is very, very slow. <laughs> so I did not Yikes. have... And, and I had to check all my files and make sure they work. Mm-hmm. So it screwed up my iTunes library. Everything was messed up. Um, I lost a lot of time this week. So that's what I've been busy all week, just mm-hmm. trying to manage all that stuff. Um, so, but I did squeeze in. Uh, I, I decided to play... Star Wars for Atari 2600. Now, by Star Wars, you mean... Empire Strikes Back. The Empire Strikes Back game. Right, because there were four Star Wars games. Oh, really? On the Atari. This was the first one, Mm -hmm. even though it's based on the second movie. Sure. So this one came out in 1982. Mm. It's from Parker Brothers. Right. And uh, one, of the, one of the better third-party vendors. Uh, yeah, they made vendors some games, right? For the 2600. Yeah, I like some of their games. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a pretty basic game. It's laid out sort of like Defender. You have a, a side-scrolling playfield. You have a radar at the bottom of the screen. Mm-hmm. The radar indicates 
Um, it's it's basically your what do they call the snow speeder? Your your ship. Your ship is a snow speeder, yeah. Um, and that looks like a bunch of little squares, and you're fighting against adats. Right. So you have um, an army of adats walking slowly across the screen, and you have to stop them from getting to the other side of the screen. Mm-hmm. They move from left to right, and the radar on the bottom indicates their sort of. Um, position on the map yeah. you don't want to make sure you want to make sure you always knock out the first one in line because you don't want them to reach um the end of it yeah and that that ends the game if they touch that uh-huh so you you have start out with three ships so you can die and that's fine but as long as he doesn't touch you know the left side the right side of the screen you're, you're okay mm-hmm. yeah so um, this, this recreates the the battle at the beginning of the second star wars movie okay if you say so. well <laughs> well i mean that's when the uh the you know the the imperial walkers are assaulting the rebel base so mm-hmm. that's what the that's what the right side of the screen is supposed to represent the the, the oh, rebel base okay. you want to keep the walkers from uh-huh. reaching that part yeah mm-hmm. so i guess this is a a small segment of the movie that's right <laughs> one little scene yep <laughs> Um, so the play mechanic for this is you have these adats and you're only because of the limitations of the hardware, you're allowed um, one on the screen at once, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. So um, you're only battling one basically at a time, but you can always scroll across and attacks and move around and your ship can fly up and down, but the screen doesn't scroll up and down. It's, you have, um, like, a bricks on like a landing kind of caverns at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then there's just, you know, a wall on top. You can't really go any higher. The adats are invincible in the feet. If you shoot them, it'll go right through the legs. So right. that does nothing. Yeah, you have to you hit can, the body of it. You do have to hit the body um, or the face, like mm-hmm. the little head. Right. Um, it takes 48 hits to take down Yikes. an adat. They are heavily armored. 48 hits. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. It's pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and what makes this game difficult is... The controlling of the ship—it's very floaty. Mm-hmm. It has this weird—it's this weird physics that when you this momentum of the ship—if you move a little bit—and it's not analog. This is like still digital. We're old, sure. old Atari. You move, and just the slightest tap, and it, the ship goes flying across the screen. It's mm-hmm. a very sensitive movement, and that's what makes the game very difficult. So I played on the basic, whatever the default level there's different stages like um game selects but i right. just did the default mm-hmm. um and, and it's score based it's an endurance thing like how many can you kill before you die sort of thing mm-hmm. um and so we in addition to destroying so when as you're defeating these you're you're shooting at these adats they change color right that's, and that's supposed to indicate their level of yeah so there's like six of, levels um, of color or something like of that of damage right yeah so that's how you know they'll turn like yellow and blue and red mm-hmm. and then they finally whatever their last color is that's how you know they're almost dead um they do occasionally uh, they have these like little weak points right and that's indicated by this uh, rainbow colored little square that'll pop up, like a little yeah. pixel. It's supposed to be the bomb hatch opening. On okay, the, on the uh, I never knew that on the walker. Yeah, All right. <laughs> so it'll appear either on the back of the adat or mm-hmm. underneath the neck or above the neck. Right. So even though like it's this weak point, and it only is there for maybe like ten seconds, mm-hmm. and if you hit it, it's an instant kill. If not, then you just have to just keep shooting and shooting it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not easy to get to because a lot of the times you're not in that position to hit it. Like, you might be on the other side of the Yeah, locker. and by the time you get there, it's usually too late. Mm-hmm. Or it's just... The head on the ad moves up and down, so if you're below it, it'll move down. If you're above it, it moves up. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of, like, fool it and expose a little weak point in time. So I found that pretty hard to hit those things. It was usually luck if I hit it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that's really the gist of the game. Um, the more you hit, the you know, a new one will get sent out. You know, as soon as you hit the first one in line, the, you know, they'll add another one in line in the back. So right. constantly moving. And um, they get faster and faster. And, and you'll hear like a... Sort of like a heartbeat, like thum, 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 like kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it gets faster the more you, the longer you play the game. You uh, you have a health meter, but it's not visible; it's right. only indicated by color. So I think you can take about. They do shoot you, the adats, right? And you also take damage if you run into it. Mm-hmm. So both both ways will, will cause damage. You if you do run into the adat, you will cause it damage as well. Mm. But I don't, I don't usually recommend that because right. you, know, you, you only do that so many times. You're giving up some health to do that. Yeah. So if you, if you turn, if you get hit, I think three times, you turn yellow, and then that means one more hit and you're dead. Mm-hmm. So um, you get three ships, but you can repair your ship. So every ship you get two repairs, mm-hmm. and the way to repair your ship is to land on the bottom of the screen in one of the like the little caverns. Right. And that's not so easy because. If you don't land, like, they're, the caverns are kind of, like, rocky, and you have to land, like, on a flat portion of the rock. And if you're not perfectly lined up, your ship just bounces around like a mm-hmm. pinball, mm-hmm. And, and you don't get, re- like, the ship doesn't get repaired. So you have to land on this flat platform and be there for, like, two seconds. Right. And then your ship gets reset back to normal. Mm. But at the same time, the, the adats are walking towards you, and they're also shooting at you, too. <laughs> right. so, uh, so I found that a little tricky. But um, in the beginning, it's easy, and then, you know, it definitely ramps up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty intense game. Like, <laughs> I only played one game, and that was, like, kind of enough for me. I think I had enough. Uh-huh. Um, I'll say what my score is. I don't know if this is good, but I, I finished with 3,863 points. Hmm. I have no idea. Uh, it was... I was playing for a good five minutes, at least. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe more. I, I don't know. I lost track of time. Mm-hmm. But uh, my thumb was, was kind of... <laughs> uh, had enough, I think, after that. <laughs> I don't uh-huh. think I wanted to go back to it. Um, so, this wasn't a new game for me. I used to play this when it first came out. Sure. But I really haven't... I don't remember loving it, because I remember it being tough, and it. I guess because you have to shoot those things so many times, mm-hmm. um, that I don't have fond memories of the game, so that's why I figured, let me revisit this one. I know this is like kind of a classic. Right. And uh, I, I don't know if my opinion's changed on it, I think it's kind of cool, but I think I'd rather play Defender than play this. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, though. It's an interesting game. I think it's... Uh, I like what they did with that. You know, how do you how do you recreate that scene on Atari 2600, you know? Yeah. So it was kind of an um, interesting interpretation of that, um, you know, the whole AT-ATs and everything. And, and the graphics look okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. For for what it is. Well, I think I think they just had very good sen- uh, a very good sense for working within the limitations uh-huh. I, you know like i mean despite just a little like a few blobs of of pixels your your snow yeah. speeder somehow still feels kind of like a snow speeder you know even, it sort of does even, yeah. even though it's very abstract and even you know even the walkers are they have a little more detailed to them but but they still can feel like a this slow moving like lumbering piece of yes, know, menacing machinery slow. like their legs have like two frames of animation uh-huh. <laughs> I, uh, I forgot to mention if you can stay alive for about two minutes, you start... You become invincible. Right. Um, it plays the Star Wars theme. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of cool, like, to hear that on Atari. Because, I mean, really, at the time, there was no music on video games. Yeah. So to hear that playing you also get, I mean, cool. you, you get the theme when the game first starts, right? Right. I mean, you get, like, that's true. a couple of notes of it there. Yeah. 
but it but like you to your point i mean you don't you don't have music too often and and the 2600 wasn't quite in tune for a lot no, of no yeah it didn't a, have a scale a proper chromatic scale right so so the fact that they were able to hit those notes uh, maybe just worked out that way that maybe. it was that it was just you know the, the, the particular notes that they had to play were were the ones that were that can be represented well um but yeah it was cool to hear to hear it playing that and mm-hmm. it definitely got you in the mood for yeah, the definitely. kind of action uh-huh. that you had um but even the colors they chose for the scenery you know like there's like mountains portrayed in the background and um you know there's like kind of like more of a snowy sort of background a uh, foreground i should say yeah um i mean it just it made it made it feel like this like sort of this arctic sort of wasteland you know um that the game is supposed to be happening in so overall i think a lot of good choices for um you know the way to kind of present uh, this scenario um i like the fact that you can kind of fly under the walker the same the way that the snow speeders in the game yeah um were able to fly between the legs of of the you know of the walker to get in position for their next attack um you know sort of the the missile that the walkers fire at you mm-hmm. um they almost fire on like sort of a almost like on a schedule right they sort of have a pattern to the way they fire at you they don't just fire randomly at you Right, it doesn't feel like it anyway. It feels like they almost, you know, like I they think have. It, to, if, well, it is time based because mm-hmm. they don't shoot more than one at a time, right? And it's, and it's definitely it's very predictable. Like you know, like you kind of get a feeling. All right, now it's going to shoot, yeah, you know, sort of thing, right? So the but it will follow you. So if you're usually at the, at the bottom of the screen, it'll shoot down at you. Sure. So you you have to kind of judge it. But I think in anticipation of that shot you kind uh-huh. of step back a little bit you wait for that shot to go off and then you kind of dodge it right and, and then, then you, you get your attacks in uh-huh. and then you kind of back off a little bit and you wait for them to fire again just sort of sort of you're prepared to dodge it and i guess when that bomb hatch opens up it kind of it kind of throws your timing off a little bit it does because you want to go for it really right fast. <laughs> <laughs> right so it makes you kind of rush towards it and uh-huh. you want to try to get that shot in if you can and it'll shoot behind you too i believe mm-hmm. right yeah yeah sure so i know like i don't know how if how you used to play this, but in the beginning I would just kind of hover in front of it and I was able to just move up and down because it moves kind of slow. Mm-hmm. So you have time to just move up and down and just kind of shooting and shooting. Right. But, um, as they start moving faster, I found myself kind of floating, floating into it and shooting it and then going under the legs and going around it and shooting the back and mm-hmm. then you reverse, you know, keep doing back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. That can work. Uh huh. That was kind of the techniques I used. Now I notice, I noticed though that in the in the strategy hints in the manual. Yeah, strategy hints. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I should have read the manual. <laughs> it says here to uh, to weaken the lead walker without destroying it, and that'll apparently slow it down. It'll slow down the whole train of walkers. So by using the first, so by weakening uh, the first one, but not completely destroying it, yeah, you sort of slow down the approach of the really? whole the whole train of them. So they get slower as you weaken them. Uh huh. Huh. Yeah. That would have been good to know. <laughs> so this way, they get harder. Well, I mean, I guess you can't you can't ignore it forever because it's still making forward progress right. towards your base. But it'll let you'll give you a chance to destroy some of the ones behind it, and then you go back and finish it off, and that'll give you some more breathing room. Uh huh. So that's how you kind of make room in the wave for uh, more walkers to come in. I I mean, you know, that's just what the manual says. Well, manual probably knows the score. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Right. So uh yeah, I would say I would say check it out. It's definitely one of the twenty six hundreds like standout shooter based titles. Sure, yeah. It's funny, my so my fondest memory of this game is probably the I remember going into Toys R Us 
and seeing stacks and stacks of this game mm-hmm. well into the Nintendo 8-bit era of consoles. I wish I knew. If this w- it was like <laughs> it was probably close to like maybe Genesis era mm-hmm. that I would go into Toys R Us and they still had stacks of like that and Frogger and maybe um uh, maybe like one other, like an Activision game or one to talk, talk Sword Quest or something, like uh-huh. something like that, or at Haunted House. Um, and that's what I remember. And, and, I, and I remember like 97 cents that used to be priced, and they couldn't get rid of those things. Like bins mm-hmm. of Empire Strikes Back's games. It feels like yesterday, like I was just in Toys R Us and seeing that. <laughs> for, 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 for a decade. That's my fondest memory of that game. <laughs> hmm. Very cool. I'm, I'm curious. I wonder if it actually did sell or if it was a big bomb, and that's why Toys R Us had so many of them. But, I mean, they did make four Star Wars games, so... Yeah. Well, and I don't remember the other ones, like, well, too well. I think I think this one is probably the, the most this well-remembered one. Like, right, like the one that you played right, mm-hmm. when you were little. Uh, there must be a lot of them out there, because I also looked up the value on these two. Really? And, uh, like, loose copies of this can be... $50. Can be had, <laughs> no, for as little as $2 okay. for loose carts. Um, and it's usually uh, $12 or more for a complete copy. Wow, that's quite a bit, actually. Yeah, it's more than I thought. It's kind of typical for a 2600 Is game. Yeah. For a complete, good condition Yeah, but that's Atari something game, you could have bought 10 bucks as little as, like, 15 years ago. Brand new in the wrapper. I guess so. It's finally dried up. <laughs> the supply is finally, I suppose, been uh, fulfilled. The game was republished on the Intellivision in 1983. Mm. And that one, you only had to hit the walkers, I think, like 30 times or something. Oh, yeah. They, they, they toned it down a bit. They, they, maybe, they, they, maybe they thought it was too much. Maybe, well, that controller is a little tricky, too, to do rapid fire on. Well, you know, depends. I don't know if it used the keypad. I didn't play that version. Depends what you're used to, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I never did play the Intellivision version. No. I should no. try that sometime. Mm. Just to see. If Interesting it's, idea. I'd be, I'd be curious just to see how the sounds are handled. Or, you know. Right, right, yeah. Because it looks pretty similar, but mm-hmm. I'm sure the, the sound quality is a little different. So I would want to check that out, too. Okay. Hmm. Cool. Add it to the list. <laughs> yeah. I can't see the top of the list. So high. <laughs> I don't know what so, I'll do. Uh, what else this week? Um, so one thing I forgot to mention last week was mm-hmm. at Digital Press, there was the holiday or, yes. or Thanksgiving Nava event. That's right. And uh, they had uh, a retro theme. Mm-hmm. It was like the retro art challenge. So they have a whole bunch of arcade machines set up. Yeah. And they had, usually they have just like the one ar- main, they usually have the main machine and we'll have the high score challenge of the day. Like, try to beat the score by 9 o'clock, and, you know, mm-hmm. you, you're the champion of the house. So, this time, it, because it was an anniversary, it was the 10th anniversary of the store, they had every game as a high score competition. Mm-hmm. Every arcade machine. And they, they picked one game per machine. And even the consoles. So, um... And, of course, you, you I, tore up the scores on all of them. On... I, I really didn't play much of it, to be honest. <laughs> I was there. I was there for more for the social of course, aspect. As I was, I. <laughs> but I, I did manage to get in a little bit of game playing. Uh, uh-huh. I did not do too well on most of them, but uh, I did play Space Fury, mm. which was one of the games. You're one and, of your favorites, right? Um, it's a weird favorite of mine. I used to play it on ColecoVision mm-hmm. when I was younger. Never played it in the arcade. I just 
I like the ColecoVision game because it had that face, right? That animated head, and that and that head became sort of the mascot of Digital Press right, somehow. Yeah. So that's probably why they picked that one to <laughs> it's be. It's something about it. it; always stuck uh-huh. with me. I used to sketch it in my notebooks and stuff. And then uh, once I discovered the emulators on, in like the the late '90s, that's when I finally played the arcade one. I was like, oh man, this looks like even better than the Coleco one. Mm-hmm. So, um, or is it Ms. Space Fury? That's the, the mascot. That's the mascot. Yeah, uh-huh. they made their own game. Right on. Well, on, on his T-shirt, I think it is the original. But okay. The, the game they released is yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got forty-seven thousand four hundred and thirty points, and that was. The apparently the best score that anyone could get that day. I'm sure it's not a great score, but hmm. um, yeah, I was surprised I did it. To be honest, pretty good. Congratulations. <sighs> Thanks. I tried um, <laughs> Super Cobra. I did not do well. Um, you know, the people there are pretty good. There's some good game players there, so there's a lot of competition. Mm-hmm. I gave it a shot at the console retro games, and I played Smash Brothers. I got destroyed. I have no idea how to play that game. Me too. I, I, I exited that in no time at all because that's, I have no idea what I'm I, doing. I, I would game. argue that's not retro, but especially because they had the Wii U version. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna start trouble because <laughs> who's to say? You know, who's to say what retro is? Uh, yeah. Well, I guess it's. I guess it is a matter of uh, of opinion. <laughs> But uh, it's a long-running series. It is right. That's a, yeah. That's a I, I could argue that the game hasn't changed that much since the, since it started. It's, yeah, it's more or less the same. And just like saying Pac-Man Championship is not retro, even though I probably would consider that retro too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, since we were a digital press, I decided to do a little shopping while I was oh, there. Oh, so you have some pickups, maybe? Uh, I do actually. That was one of my pickups for the week. Um. I actually ended up uh, picking up a console that I needed to replace. I needed to uh, get back a working uh, Wii console. Mm -hmm. So I thought, why don't I take this opportunity to perhaps get a version of the Wii that I had meant to get that I never did get. Uh So um, I ended up uh, picking up uh, from the store a, uh, a red Wii console that it's uh, one of my favorite ones. I meant I to like get that one. Yeah, so I mean, I like the, uh, so the yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I just I like the basic white one. You know the way because that's sort of White's the nice, first version. Yeah. You know, I kind of like the first representation like of the system. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the black one looks good too. Pretty. Uh, uh, you know, what I don't like about the black one. The I don't think glossy and black work together. It shows mm. off the scratches too easily. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, even though... And I mean, the dust, too. I think every version of the Wii is glossy, though. You don't have a choice, unfortunately. But the white, for some reason, doesn't the show it off it as much to me. Mm-hmm. could just be my personal opinions about it, but... Right. I like the red one because it was the last version before they removed the GameCube ports on it. Because, mm. um, you know, because the original Wii had four inputs for GameCube controllers, and then they later revised it where they removed the GameCube I think you still play GameCube games, maybe, but... Uh, no. Just, oh, you couldn't even play GameCube games? No, they didn't. I mean, oh, you, if, wow. you, like, basically, you had to be able to plug the controllers in. So if they don't have the ports, huh. kind of out of luck. Okay. Yeah. So that, you know, in addition to being a cool color, you can also... I think the downside was, I don't know if it had with the Motion Plus Wii uh, modes. I think the I red one does. Oh, it does? Oh, yeah, okay. it came wow. with it so built in. Set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty happy with All it. Right. Yeah, that's good. Definitely wanted to get one. Uh, so that was a nice pickup for that week. Cool. And, 
Additionally, I got a batch of games, obviously, from the various Black Friday deals that were flying around. Um, <laughs> oh, more, yeah, Google was Cyber Monday that just passed, and right. a couple other things. All right. uh, so the ones that I did get, let's see, I'm uh, looking back at my order here. Yeah, I mean, for me, while you look, I'll just say that mm-hmm. I haven't had much luck this year. This is like the first year in a long time that I'm not seeing deals anywhere. I'm looking around. I mean, other than, I think like Target had some pretty good deals on like video games and stuff, but just in general, I'm just not finding, I don't know if I'm just missing out on things, but I don't know. I don't, I'm not seeing anything that great. I don't disagree, actually. It was good. I saved myself a lot of money this year. Yeah, right. I mean, that's always, that's always the net. The, the I think net I only bought one right? game so far. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it's funny because, yeah, I don't think, I don't think the deals were quite as good as previous years. I think there were a few, I mean, there were a few, there were a few games on my list that I meant uh-huh. to get. That I thought were okay, but you, but you did manage to find about a dozen games. You know, <laughs> like some of these games, I would say I bought because the price was right. Okay, maybe they weren't necessarily on my want list, but mm-hmm. just because it was one of the games that, like, well, some of them were because you showed me a few of them, and I thought at this price you're probably not going to find it that much lower without buying it used. So might as well, yeah, pick it up. I mean, and there were some of these were decent games. Yeah. So because um, I contemplated some of these too, but then. Mm-hmm. I use better judgment. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so the first one, I, I, I mean, I did get, I did get Splatoon for for the Wii U. It's supposed to be a great game. Supposed Maybe to game be a good game. game. It wasn't necessarily on my list, but I feel like you know, I, did you, it's, it's at least an original have you title. It yet? I haven't played no. it yet because they have it on. Well, they used to have it on the kiosks and like mm-hmm. Target and stuff. That's where I played it. Was seemed okay. I didn't. I don't know if I felt like it was something I really wanted to go out. and Go nuts over, but it seemed it seemed like it played well, pretty. I mean, good. they even they even had a few free weekends where you can you can download the game, play it for free oh, really? for, for a couple of days, and no then way. you know just like a kind you of a trial. No, you know weekends are busy, so mm, it's hard to uh, hard to spend time. I got, got a podcast to do, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Among other things. Uh, so I figured this was a good opportunity to get that. It was um, I was able to get it for twenty eight dollars, which isn't too bad. Sounds uh, good for uh, a Nintendo. Um, Their stuff's usually a whole higher priced. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. I also got the latest Batman Arkham game, Bar- uh, Arkham Knight, okay. for PS4. Um, I got that for $20. I, heard, I think our friend Frankie said that was pretty good. I know he's a big fan of the series. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know how this ranks among others. I think some people didn't, weren't thrilled with the, ve- with, you know, with the vehicle stuff in this game. You, you control the Batmobile at a certain point. Which, yeah, yeah. Which seems like it would be cool, but I don't know. Maybe it just wasn't some people's favorite thing. Uh, some people complained about the little mini quests to find the little Jokers or something. I don't know, something, something hmm. like that. Okay. I don't know. Riddler, yeah. The Riddlers, maybe, that's what it was. <laughs> well, I'm not quite caught up on this series. I don't really know it'll Batman be, at all. It'll be a little while before I get to this game. So, okay. um, just, you know, something to add to my stack. Mm-hmm. Um... I did end up picking up uh, last year's Assassin's Creed game, Assassin's Creed Unity, mm. which I think was probably the low point for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, Wasn't that game, like, broken for a good three or four months? There was, like, constant uh, yeah, issues. Yeah, and... we, we even talked about it a little bit. There, okay. were, there were some major, major issues with the, with the game when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a year on, they've probably addressed a good chunk of them, or at least, you know, it's not, at, least, at least it's not broken out of the box, okay. you know? But it was only eight dollars, so I think figured for PS4, okay. eight bucks, not bad. Yeah. I guess I can brand new game. Get to try it out. It's crazy that games are already that cheap mm-hmm. on a two-year-old machine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's quite a few. 
Um, even, uh, let's see, like a God of War Remastered? God of War 3? Yeah, you know, this is one where I almost... I'm kind of regretting maybe that I passed up on this one. Mm-hmm. How, much, would you, how would you pay a good price for that? It was uh, $16. It's not bad. It's okay. I mean, considering it's a remake of a I, PS3 game. I never played that one. It's right. That, that one, I, I played one and two, so... I thought maybe I should have gone in, but a lot of people got kind of mixed, mixed reviews that it's kind of the weakest one. Mm-hmm. Or Ascension, maybe, I'm thinking of. Well, Ascension was the game that came after this one. Okay. And um, that ha- that's still on, just on PS3, I think. Okay. Um, maybe I'm confused. Yeah, so let's see, what so else? That's pretty good. Yeah, it's just, you know, another option. I haven't played the game yet, so I figured why not play mm. the better version? Did or you at play least- one and two? I've played, uh, let's see, I think I did finish 1 and 2. One, let's see, I never finished 2. And I did play the PSP games, too. But this oh. was a long time ago, so... Mm. Might might be due for a revisit. We'll see. Uh, let's see, I also picked up, uh, for the Xbox One, I picked up Rare Replay. The okay. collection of 30 Rare Limited titles. 30 games in one. Action 30. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could almost call it that. You know, many people point out that there's more N64 games in this collection than there are on on the Wii U virtual console. (laughs) That's sad. And it's an Xbox machine. And a Microsoft machine. Exactly. Excellent. Yeah. So, that's a little little dig there. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's Uh, funny. There's even an NES game on there with um, RC Pro-Am. I think so. Yeah, there's a few. It's a pretty good selection of games on this. Um, even go, you know, include some of the Xbox 360 titles yeah. they did. Uh, but I think I still have, I think I have those games anyway on 360. So I didn't really get it for those. Um, yeah, this one was $16 also. Mm. So okay. not too bad. I figured let me just, uh, beef for the up price my... of a cup of coffee. You now have <laughs> for two cups of coffee. <laughs> um, I picked up, uh, as part of this batch, I picked up a game that I'm probably going to end up returning. Uh, I picked up the evil. Already, I picked up the evil within. Oh, did you get the lentacular cover? I didn't, I didn't. But that didn't really factor into my decision. Oh, okay, that, that's why. Um, I, this was only twelve dollars, but it's cheap. Yeah, I mean, it's a game. It's a year old. I don't know. I I, I heard this game is. Um, it's got a lot of. It's got a lot of. Uh, you know, kind of like it doesn't perform that well. I mean, it's just it's just oh, a really? game that yeah. is just not optimized particularly well, and. Um, I saw some good prices on the PC version, so I'm probably just going to get that instead. So this one's probably going to go back. Was that the one that's like Resident Evil? It is from the creative minds behind Resident Evil. Was there Evil. another game like that around the same time? Mm. I know there was Bloodborne. I don't know. Okay. 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 Yeah, I'm not sure. Hmm. But, okay. um, yeah, and then also uh, Dark Souls 2 for PS4. This is uh, originally a game that came out on... Now is. PS3 yeah. and 360, but this is sort of the upgraded version. Right, okay. With all the DLC. That is the newer one. And so on. Uh-huh. And, you know, the whole Souls phenomenon is a little lost on me. I'm, I'm looking to try to catch up on those games. Have you played any of those? I haven't played any of them. Hmm. So, I'm, I'm definitely interested from what I've seen of the games. They look... Uh, I, I really like the look of some of the, the character designs and just the setting of the game and everything. It looks It looks cool. But, you know, again, it's one of those extremely difficult games that, you know, you have to sort of want that type of gameplay. Uh-huh. The kind of, like, brutally difficult, very punishing gameplay. But, you know, good if you can get good at it kind of a thing. So, that's something I'm kind of looking You're going to have to let me know. 
how those are because I'm very curious to try those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, essentially, those were my sort of my my opening round picks from Black Friday. Those oh, that's are, it. Those are the games I picked. Oh, okay, up. I thought you were gonna have more. Um, <laughs> I think there's more coming, but I haven't, oh, okay. haven't quite gotten them yet. Oh, yeah. I should also mention I also got uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain, the full game. I was able to get that for twenty eight dollars as well. Um, so that's not too bad. Hmm. I am, of course, not current with the series. So I don't know when I'm going to actually play it. Uh, it'll probably continue to drop in price before I'm ready for it. <laughs> so I guess I'm buying it at my own risk. Yeah, probably. But that's typical of every game I buy, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. I could probably put a moratorium on game buying for a good five years just to catch up. But then you'll miss out on five years of games. <sighs> but you can just never imagine, get ahead. imagine what it'll be like. I'll be playing, you know, the cream of the crop after that. I don't know, but that's my pickups. If you want to, if you want to consider all of this stuff pickuping, what about you? Anything? Nothing new, right? No, I wish I did. I have nothing. Mm-hmm. Nope. You you did get a prize from your high score. Oh, a gift certificate. That's right. Yeah, but um, I donated that to <laughs> the 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 we the red we fund the red we fund. Yeah. <laughs> that was very kind of you. Yeah. Well. I'm going to have to buy you a cheeseburger. You lost a lot of your stuff through an act of God, was which the, was Hurricane Sandy. It was, oh, I was, it wasn't the God of War. <laughs> no, it wasn't a God of War. <laughs> okay. So, anything I can do to help out. Uh, I appreciate it. Definitely. If I can. Which I don't do much, so. <laughs> Please. Uh, luckily, uh, I was able to get a lot of my stuff back. So, you know, the gaming goes on. There's no shortage of gaming. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not complaining in the least. Good thing your digital games do not get washed away. <laughs> That's right. My Steam account is intact. Yeah, it's hurricane proof. <laughs> All right. Well, if there's nothing else, perhaps we can tackle some news. Okay, let's blast through the news. Um, speaking Steam. of Steam libraries, yeah. Uh, there's a, a new bit of news regarding Steam about how you can now permanently delete games. But wait a minute, I just said that the great thing about <laughs> Steam was you can't get rid of it. It's always going to be there. Now Unless what? you choose to. Alright. Unless you choose to. Unless what if someone hacks your your account and just starts deleting everything? Do, I, do you have to rebuy it? I suppose you're going to want to make sure that your password is secure. Hackers can do anything. I guess no, that's worried. true. No, I'm worried. I, I suppose you'll have to talk to customer support if something like that yeah, happens. Yeah, like my brother or someone, you know, and he just wants to be a jerk one day and log in and mm-hmm. just delete all my stuff. Yeah, yeah, there is that risk. Um, I suppose what this really means is that you can, I mean, you can you can maybe just hide stuff from your account, mm. like hide it from showing up. Um, yeah, but, that's a problem on the PS4. There's like stuff. There was I think there's like E3 from 2013 or something on there, and it comes, shows up as a game, and you can't delete it or anything. It just mm-hmm. has like the down like the cloud download arrow. We were just talking last like, week. Can we get rid of that thing already? We were just talking last week about how I I, I I might sneak onto your account sometime and and buy Nobunaga's Ambition and make that part of your <laughs> library. Don't you dare! So you have to stare at that cover every time you start your Don't system. Don't you dare! Because <laughs> I know that's one of your favorite games. <laughs> If I see Nobunga's ambition... <laughs> it's not Nobunga. <laughs> I think you're thinking of a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Probably. Well, 
yeah. Uh, that would be a terrible thing. Mm. But apparently for Steam, this is something you can do now. You can go into a game, select it, and actually you have an option to say, permanently remove this game from my account. Hmm. And, um, you know, something that you're sort of reluctant to admit you play or that's part of your collection. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if there's anything on my list that I didn't choose to get. I'm not at that point yet where I need to do that. Mm-hmm. I have like 70 or 80 games, but I don't feel like I'm, it's overwhelmed. Yeah. Overwhelming. Uh, I know Origin gives you the option, the uh, EA's digital uh, client. Yeah. They, you can go in and, and choose to hide stuff and not see things because I have like trial games in there that... NBA Live for like the last 15 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, you know, I might have like beta test games that are part of the library, but they're they're over now, and I'm never going to go back to them. So uh-huh. I could I could choose to remove them, stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I even on GOG.com, I got some free games that were the games there. There were games that I didn't want necessarily, mm-hmm. and it is just clutter in your menu, stuff okay. that you don't necessarily want to see. But again, they give you options to organize it and maybe shuffle it off into a corner that you don't visit very often um i don't know if there's like folders or something you can put them into i don't think so but Mm. yeah it looks like i guess this is a feature that people were asking for if if they actually went ahead and did it somebody must have wanted it well there's the i think the store is maturing Mm -hmm. they're offering refunds and now this and all sorts of other things big screen mode and all sorts of goodies yeah i guess why not Mm -hmm. i guess if it's possible might as well Hmm. All right. Well, last time we talked a little bit about the option of uh, emulation on the PS4 right. for older titles, mm-hmm. specifically PS2 games. Yeah, it's coming. So yeah, not only is it coming, it's available now. <laughs> they announced uh, more games, more PS2 games mm-hmm. um, that are gonna yeah. that are now available. But they've also revealed the pricing for some of these games. They did. They sure did. And uh, it looks like some of these games are going to be fourteen ninety nine, right? Other titles digital, are digital uh, games for yeah between nine ninety nine and fourteen ninety nine. Now some of these games you can probably still find in a Walmart somewhere <laughs> for like seven dollars. You'd think so, five dollars maybe. But even if that's true, it's next to like Barbie's Horse Adventures or something. Mm-hmm. But even given that, you still can't put it in your PS four and play it natively. I mean, that's true. Right. So the PS4 will make the graphics better, right? Because it's a better machine. So the digital versions of these are, are up-rendered mm-hmm. into 1080p so resolution. So that's the plus side. So you're paying a little bit more, mm-hmm. but you're getting better versions of these games. Yeah, and not only that, you're also getting, um, you know, games that support the native features of the PS4, such as live, live streaming. Oh, okay. You're, that's you'll you'll cool. be able to broadcast those. Um, they support remote play. So if you've mm. got... A Vita mm. or a PSTV, you can broadcast it, mm. you know, for, not broadcast, but, you know, you All can stream right. it to those other, other screens. Um, SharePlay is also an option. Really? Uh, I still have to test that out. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you even get the option to have gaming, the, the manual for the game displayed on your second screen device. Mm. Um, and yeah, trophy and support also added in. Trophy support. Okay. For, um, you know, whatever aspects of the game. You can do right. that under. Well, I guess that's not so bad. I mean, for people who... Because I mean, you can do this in emulators, mm-hmm. and right? 
Yeah. Because it's PS2, so... Right. If you have a decent computer, you can do this and still do the streaming and everything. You're not going to get trophy support, but... But not everyone knows how to use emulators, and, you know, might be too, maybe not everyone has a good computer. So I guess this is a good alternative. Well, these are, you these know... These are games that you like, and... These are legal versions. You're, you're, you know, you're well, buying... you could still have an emulator and use legal versions. Assuming you the own game. the game, yeah. sure. Sure, but then this is... <laughs> well, I guess these are, you know, um, these are also guaranteed to work. The emulator, yes. the emulation, it can be spotty at times, That's depending true. on the title, mm-hmm. and depending on what feature you're trying to enable... Yeah. But at least these are supposed to be like, hey, you know, we definitely know these work. So so now these are different from what's in the PS Now store, right? I'm assuming so, because okay. PS Now is probably, I think, still limited to just PS3 games, I think. Okay. I don't, think they, I don't think they go back to this, uh, mm-hmm. to PS1 or PS2 era. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, even if PS Now did add... Uh, PS2 games. I don't know if the, I don't know that they're going to get the same up-res treatment that these are getting. Yeah, maybe they will. I don't How know. How do you feel about this selection of games? Uh, let's see. So we have a lot. We have a bunch of like first-party Sony games, uh-huh. including Rogue Galaxy, uh, Dark Cloud. These are a couple of fan favorite RPGs. Oh, okay. People <laughs> people do like these games. Um, we've got War of the Monsters, which is an yeah, interesting giant a monster demo combat. disc of that game. Yeah, it reminds me of that Neo Geo game. Uh huh. I didn't think it was that great, but okay. Uh, Twisted Metal Black. I never played that one. That was that came out. Oh, wait, no. That was the first Twisted Metal on the PS2. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that was okay. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Well, so it came out to mixed reviews, but I thought right. it was all right. Uh, we've also got uh, Mark of Cree, which uh, that? is sort of a, you know, third-person action-adventure, hack-and-slash type mm-hmm. of game. Okay. Um, also pretty, you know, it's got a following, I think. I think mm. people like this game. Uh, it seems to be pretty high quality, even though it seems like kind of a generic title and not attached to any other property okay. but it is kind of a unique title on its own uh and we've also got a you know three gta games that were that on ps2 me. yeah mm-hmm. right. uh, grand theft auto 3 as well yeah. as the two sequels vice city and interesting and san andreas hmm. so <clears throat> you know decent games i mean some of these sure. are i don't think any of these games are bad um, I think they also this weekend added uh, a PS1 game, Final Fantasy VII, uh, the HD remaster of sure that game. Sure, there's some people that remember that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you know, and there's more games coming. I mean, they're going to keep adding. This is apparently going to be a new revenue stream for them that they're uh-huh. going to keep supporting. Yeah, get those see games how that out works there. Out for them. I'm just curious how the pricing is going to sit with most people. Yeah, that still is a little bit much. I mean, you just talked about some PS4 games that you picked up for under 15. Right. And now they're charging digital versions of PS2 games mm-hmm. for the same price. So Right, right. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how people react to these new yeah. changes. I mean, I don't know. Uh, this isn't... I, I still have a lot of these games, so this isn't necessarily uh, super attractive to me, yeah. personally, but... I can imagine if, you know, I mean, the PS2 is uh, launched over 15 years ago already. <laughs> so uh, there's probably a generation wow, of people that have never crazy. played these games. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you might want to try it out. Uh, Sony had the Sony had the um, PlayStation experience. That's right. I don't know what your take on it was, but um, 
to me wasn't wasn't I, I mean I was disappointed last year about it mm-hmm. so this year it was kind of more the same feeling for me uh, I guess it was a lot of fan service but I'm not into Sony stuff too much so they didn't really show too many AAA games it was mostly about a lot of the indie stuff mm-hmm. um, some of the big news that seemed to be getting a lot of like um, you know reaction from fans is they showed a trailer for Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Like a, a remake they're making. Yeah. Um, that, was yeah an, that was announced at E3 this year. Yeah, they showed like a longer trailer, I guess. Right. Uh, some Call of Duty stuff. Um, they showed Battleborn, a new character, a new Street Fighter Four character. Um, I don't know. A whole lot of stuff that was just kind of, all right, you know. The indie stuff looked good, but it's hard to say in those like quick little nuggets of, you know, 15 seconds that they show. They don't seem to linger too much with the, any of those. No, I thought it was interesting that they announced a PS3 game, Yakuza 5. Mm. That's releasing this week. <laughs> or, okay. or as probably when this airs, it'll be released. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was weird. Um, Yakuza 0 is coming out on PS4. Mm-hmm. So I don't know anything about those games, but um, they're coming. <laughs> they must have been done for a while now. So or... weird. Yeah, probably, right? Might as well get them out. Some SNK games are coming. I mean... King of the Fighters 14, did you know they still make those games? King of Fighters? I didn't, I, I haven't I seen one in a while, it. but I didn't, I didn't know they were, uh, The footage they showed continuing. in that did not look too great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a new, like, uh, Team Ninja game from Koei Tecmo called Neo. Mm-hmm. Um, Nuclear Throne is coming out, which is a game you talked about this year, which is a, kind of a fun game by Vlambeer. I do like the game. Uh, I haven't played was... it in, in a while now, so I don't really know what's new with it, but it's good to see that they're, I guess they consider it release at this point because it's, yeah, it's, it's been, been in beta a long it's time. been in beta a long time and they continue to you know like kind of like an early release title yeah the fans have been giving a lot of feedback on it so there was this I game guess oh psychonauts too mm-hmm. um day the tentacle remaster and a full throttle remaster mm. from double fine i never heard of full throttle but apparently that's some big pc game sure yeah, full throttle, big big uh, adventure game. Um, oh, really? I thought it was a racing game. No, it's a, it's a, it's a oh no kidding, it's like a LucasArts style. I had no idea. I'm like, why adventure. would they, the whole time I'm thinking, why are they remastering? Like, a, I'm thinking of like um uh, Outrun or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so Psychonauts two, I think, is a Kickstarter. I think that's uh, that's open now. Oh, okay. And I think they have something like a two million plus goal. I mm. think I think they're pretty well on their way though. Um, so that's probably going to succeed, I um, think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They showed a new baseball game. Um, game called, this one was interesting to me, called Brutal. And visually is interesting. It looked like Tron uh, with ASCII art. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, I don't know if the, the game sort of, I'm not sure what, that looked very interesting, but the graphics look cool. Really like silhouette, black, with glowing like, ASCII around the characters. That's enough for me. Strange. That's all I need. Yeah. But that's kind of the gist. Um, And then they went into the virtual reality stuff. Right. And I don't know. I know they're having a hard time kind of demoing this stuff, but um, they showed two guys hooked up with the PSVR and they had, they were playing this version of like Tron deadly discs. (laughs) Right. They were throwing like Frisbees at each other. Uh huh. Um, bouncing it off walls and stuff, but I don't know this this demo like sort of didn't come out very good. And it, it seemed like not very well thought out. I don't know if they had technical issues or <clears throat> if this is just further proof that it's hard to really show people what this experience is like to play these things because 
watching this video, like, not only did the guys look ridiculous doing this, but it just did not look fun. The games did not look good. Yeah, well, it looked awkward. I don't know. It didn't compel me to be like, whoa, this is next gen. Like, I can't wait to get my hands on this thing. Well, that, that particular game looked like a tech demo again. It didn't look like a finished game. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't even have, like, I appreciate that we're going for, like, Tron. Yeah. Like, that disc game. But it didn't have that look of it, you know? It didn't have, right. like, the glowing look. It didn't, They didn't make it look polished to look like... Like you said, it looked like a demo. Everything looked very floaty. Uh-huh. It didn't have any kind of speed to it. Yeah, um, a little bit of lag on, on the movements. But they, you know, they kind of... It was a little twitchy in some parts, like the hands were twitching on the screen. Right, that's probably the motion tracking yeah. flipping out a little bit. But um, I, they even kind of apologized off the bat for it. Yeah. Kind of saying, like, hey, you know, we know it's very difficult to... You know, VR is the kind of thing you have to experience for yourself to really understand it, and it's kind of hard to show it off in, in this format, uh-huh. but that's what they're stuck with, you know? Yeah. What else can you do? Uh-huh. Um, I, I, the, to me, the most impressive thing was, was the Res game being shown. Yeah, Res for virtual reality. Because I feel like the rail shooter format is perfect for VR, just because you're, it's sort of like a Even guided experience. Even though it's not a first perfect um person view yeah it's fine that doesn't matter to me the, the freedom of being able to look anywhere you want i think is the cool but how do you feel about those pulsating because that game is pretty psychedelic mm-hmm. and having that surrounding you at all times uh, the flashing and the pulsing and the beats i guess some people might be sensitive to that yeah but, i think it'd be fun but right? you know maybe those maybe those are options that you can maybe tone down some of that stuff i was never a huge fan of that game mm-hmm. but i would be interested to try this I think. Well, I, I, mean, I liked visually how that game looked, but I never yeah. thought that the gameplay was that compelling. It's a very similar style to a lot of those kind of games, where it's you know it's kind of like that. You know, you sort of charge up by like targeting mm-hmm. a bunch of uh, enemies at a time, and then releasing like a wave of of, yeah. of bullets to respond to it. And you sort of have like a limited amount of time to do that before you get hit, or you yeah. know, like kind of moves on to the next thing. Um, it was an odd choice. Yeah, I can I can see a bunch of games being well adapted to that that style of game, mm-hmm. of play though. Being able to just freely look around to the to your sides or behind you yeah. and target stuff before it's in down. front of you. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're just this floating thing, yeah. you know. But I, I, if I remember the original game right, you kind of your form kind of evolves as you as you progress you into do. the game. Yeah, you become yeah, like different. wireframe, and then eventually become like um like more polygonal. Yeah, yeah, you become like a full body, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's an interesting it's been a while game. Since I played that one, I can see I can see them uh, exploring that a little I more. St- I think you actually you deform to like a cube at one point, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Right before you're about to die. Yeah. Uh huh. Right. Yeah, it's, it's neat. Like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of intrigued by the. Oh, and Psychonauts has um, a VR game too mm. called like Rhombus of Ruin or something. Okay. I don't know how that's going to play. But... I don't know. So I guess they announced a lot of stuff, but for, I don't know. For me, if nothing really stood out. That so none of these titles would sell PlayStation VR for you? Like, no. you, you didn't see anything here that you said, oh, I gotta definitely get the headset? No. Mm-hmm. No, for me, it's still a hold. Definitely will <laughs> wait, wait quite a while. Uh-huh. Right. Makes sense. Yep. You want to read some feedback? Sure. Uh, I will read feedback from Earl Grey, mm-hmm. the third. He says, uh, in regards to backwards compatibility... I'd be willing to rebuy some of my old PS2 titles if they were implemented with trophy support. Mm-hmm. Now which, that the, which which we know that they have, yeah, 
Yeah, so yeah, so this was maybe um he wrote this before they announced mm-hmm. that. Um he wrote also now that the PS4 shows you what friends are playing, it seems like a good way to make people more aware of games that you've missed, which I think is the key to the preservation of old games. Plus, people could finally bow to my mastery of Mr. Mosquito. All right. An obscure reference. A PS2 classic. Right, yes. Well, maybe not to most, but... That's um, assuming they released that game. I I actually would like to... I like that game. Um, it, It has a lot of problems with it but mm. i like the, the concept of that game i really would like to see a remake of that sure sure that, that, that was a very cool game how about mr mosquito vr where you're in the mosquito and you're um, flying around the room I, I, as long as the buzzing is turned off like the mosquito <laughs> buzz i hate that sound uh-huh I'm, i constantly would cover my ears maybe that's the next step yeah mm-hmm. that's a good that's a good suggestion I can I can definitely see that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you gotta you gotta you gotta write that in and say, listen, Maybe. no buzzing. I oh I have to do okay. <laughs> Who made Mister Mosquito? Are they still around? I wonder. Uh, I don't remember. I mm. have to look it up. Yeah, but it's, it's a uh, shame that, that that game would do well. I think it's definitely a game that took chances. Uh huh. But I can see that. I can see that making a comeback. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess as long as you're not embarrassed by the games that you're playing online. Yeah. <laughs> so, so to the point where you have to delete them. I like when I go in and like it's always like the same person that says Netflix or something. <laughs> it's like, come on, man! You bought a four hundred dollar machine to watch Netflix. <laughs> it happens. It, some people. That's the best, I know it's their best option. Uh, we also had another comment uh-huh. from Raul Angel who confirms, or rather, asks the question: Wasn't the square guy in Atari's adventure named Leon? To my 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 observation okay, okay. of the many characters so, named Leon. <laughs> And you com- you confirmed that it most definitely was. Yeah. Well, I, maybe I was a little. I was gonna say I don't know of any knights. I, I did named research Leons. it. I did research it, and there is no name for it. So <laughs> you can kind of say whatever you want. So I said, sure, it's it's Sir Leon. Okay. I was gonna say I don't know of any knights, but I do know of uh, I do know of a king. King Leon. That's right. <laughs> Isn't that a band? <laughs> I think it is. Jeez. Uh, as well as King Leonidas of Sparta. Need, need I okay. say? Okay. Need I say who that is? You're a very popular name. Well, uh, good for you. Maybe maybe this is our cue to leave. Yeah, probably. <laughs> the rockets have taken off. I hear the sounds. All right, so our shuttle is here. Okay. We must disembark. Yes. So um, uh, please visit us on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, leave us feedback. Thank you for everyone who sends us letters each week. Appreciate it. And um, we'll see you next week. All right.